is Corporate Cafecito, where we discuss career development and entrepreneurial growth strategies. I'm Mario Rodriguez. Y yo soy Nayeli Suarez-Guez. Go get your cafecito and let's talk about professional growth. As promised, last time I made Mario stop talking about boundaries because we wanted to make it its own episode. Boundaries are very important. They are sometimes very awkward to begin to put up or establish when we are in the workplace. And boundaries may include whether it's a physical thing of I'm not going to do that job or I'm not going to move that item or I'm not going to do this to see some things that are pushing our values. So, you know, if you have an after work event, but, you know, it's on a weekend and you reserve that time for your family, you may feel like you're you're having to compromise your family values for your professional values. Other times, you know, someone may be saying like, hey, just say I gave it to you or just, you know, cover for me with finance or whatnot. And that may be a boundary that we're not willing to cross because it goes against our integrity or some of the values we believe. And so when we talk about our emotional IQ, you know, we talked a lot about how we feel, who we are, our culture, how we show up to work, how we see others. But when we're setting up boundaries or when we're deciding to draw a line in the sand or put a a restriction, that's going to feel very uncomfortable. And how it relates back to your emotional IQ is based on your feeling of maybe I'm disappointing my team or maybe the the questions I'm being asked make me uncomfortable. You know, Ailey, you brought up something that I think our listeners should really, really take note, pen and paper too, is time management. In setting boundaries, what are you saying yes to and what are you saying no to? The power of that no. What What is that opening up? Is it time well spent? Is it adding value to yourself as well? Yeah, so your most precious commodity is your time, right? So where are you vest, investing your time? And so that, that powerful no and that powerful yes, what are you saying yes to? What are you saying no to? Uh, and what value is it adding to you? And what value is, are you adding adding to to that event that you're actually called to? Uh, and then how does it make you feel, right? It, it's, it's you know, your, your emotional uh, intelligence really affects so many areas. It affects your leadership, right? And your leadership will affect your income. So how we manage our emotions is very important, right? And know that there's no have to, there's only a want to. Yeah, no, you're right. You know, when I think about boundaries, I think about respect and how I treat others. And one of the boundaries that I have is I show up early. I'm a big believer in showing up early, being prepared, showing up ahead of time. And one of my pet peeves is when we start a meeting and they say, let's give everybody a couple minutes. Because I'm like, why don't we make the people who are late feel awkward and not make the people who are on time late? Uh, because to me, I'm like, you know, when I, when I start a meeting and someone joins at, you know, like if it's a 9am meeting and someone joins in at 907, like that should be the uncomfortable moment, not waiting four to five minutes to see if that person's going to show up. And boundaries like that are, you know, that's a small one that you can practice on to start feeling a little more comfortable of like, you know, this is going to be, or even ending meetings 10 minutes before the top of the hour, or 
a boundary you may put, you know, speaking on, on time, as you were talking about, um, is blocking time for lunch or blocking time to catch up on your emails. You know, so many times we are bogged down with meetings all day. You don't even have time to work. And so I would start setting like time blocks of this is the time I'm going to eat and this is the time I'm going to do my emails and actually get some work done. In time to reflect, time for yourself. You need a breather. You need a breather too. Eating is one thing, right? I'm a fast eater, so I'm done like in five, 10 minutes. It doesn't mean I have to go back. I have to kind of, you know, decompress, clear your mind, and then go back at it again because you'll run yourself ragged if you don't do that. Being very conscious of that too, as well of that space that you need to just catch that breather. You know, there's a st- statistic that, that was shared with me that EQ is so critical to success at work that it accounts for 58% of performance in all types of jobs. So having that balance is, is, is so big, and it's the single biggest predictor of performance in the workplace and the strongest driver of leadership and personal, personal excellence as well. So take inventory. Where are you at? And we all have our bad days and good days, which we'll, we'll give you and share an exercise of where you're at, you know, something that, that my mentor just shared with me most recently that I'm going to start implementing of where you're at emotionally, even the minute that you wake up. Because that's going to kind of dictate what your day is going to look like as well. So the good news is that EQ can be developed differently from, from where IQ can, can continue to be developed as well. Um, so that's the important thing. But the, 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 the thing that we have to look at is that fixed mindset versus the growth mindset, right? That growth mindset is the opportunity is like, what do I have to do to continue to expand, to get better, right? The fixed mindset, that comes into play because someone told you something, it's emotional, there's trauma, there's disappointment. And so you think you can't grow from that. So that, that opportunity to, to shift that is where that growth mindset comes into play. That's where a coach comes into play. That's where, you know, a therapist that comes into play. It's like, you know, what you may think is doesn't necessarily have to be. And, you know, a fixed mindset, you know, you talk about some of the trauma, some of it is culturally, like we don't know how big we can dream. We don't, you know, we get somewhere like we saw someone who had a good job and we go get the same job and now we feel like we have a good job or estás ganando bien and you're like, this is great. I don't need more money. I'm not going to get that next job. And so we start setting these boundaries on ourselves and we start believing them. And that becomes dangerous because then we believe things like, well, that's not a role for a woman. Or that's not, you know, no hay ningún mexicano, so maybe they don't hire them. Well, maybe we haven't applied. And so I believe that when we have a fixed mindset, we limit not only our potential, we limit modeling the behavior of how to be the first one in that room. And we set these artificial boundaries and then we believe that story. We believe that we are stuck there and that we can't reach that, you know, break through that glass ceiling. Um, because in our heads, our emotional IQ has told us, you know, this is as far as my capacity can go. Mm-hmm. And we aren't aware of how to control the dialogue to get us past that, to change the narrative, to say, because I got here, I can get there. Instead, we say, no, because I got here, I should stay here. So there's the other thing, too, that there's, you said something about emotional skills, right? And how do we perceive and express ourselves? is another thing too. And, and biases or things that happen to us 
also is part of, of our EQ and how we can actually develop that and expand on that. And then the other thing, too, when, when it talks about emotional skills, how do we develop and maintain social relationships? Yeah. Right? Interpersonal skills. That's where that comes into play. Yeah. How we cope with challenges. Right? So that, that stress management, time boundaries. So how well. do we cope with challenges? Well, what is the challenge itself? Right? How I would cope with it is like, what is it? You know, how can I actually improve this challenge or move this forward? Right? Because a challenge is an opportunity, an obstacle to overcome. What uh, responsibility do I have here to make this better within the skill set that I have? Yeah. And if not, let's be resourceful and let's create a village to, to overcome this and build this and, and move this. I, you know, challenges to me are, I know that glass half full, Nayeli says like, oh, a challenge is a great opportunity. It tests me. It pushes me. Glass half empty, Nayeli, is like, this is hard. It's uncomfortable. I don't like going through a challenging time. I wish it was easy. Why don't I have an easy day? Both exist at the same time. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get past it. And sometimes in my head, I even tell myself like, God, I wish I could fast forward one week because I know that I will have solved for this already. But going through a challenge, like if you go around it, instead of going through it, you're going to have to go through it two times. Because there's no, if you have a challenge at work or if you have a challenge in your family, you can only skirt it for so long before you have to address it. To have that awareness of this is going to be challenging. I'm going to put this in a positive way that I'm being tested, but I'm being tested because I have the capabilities, because I have the wherewithal, because I know how to handle like this challenge was given to me and I can solve it. And if you go into it with that mentality, it's going to release adrenaline. Think about when we were little doing that president's uh, challenge in grade school, mm. how we would all start running that mile, right? We're all like take off, like thinking it was easy that we could do it. The challenge seemed we had legs, we could run, we had, you know, we knew what a mile was. We all felt like we could address the challenge and halfway through most of the class fails and they start walking. Then we get that last burst of energy when we're getting close to the end of the challenge. And it's very similar to challenges that we face you know, at work and you may get presented a project or you may get presented something that just feels like something you cannot do. And then you have to figure out like, let me break this down into smaller pieces. Let me break this down into something that I could bite off in a much easier way and make this challenge into 20 small challenges, <laughs> you know, and then you go through it and then you understand like, I don't want to do this challenge anymore. And then you get to the point where you maybe want to quit. And then, you know what? It starts rolling again. I had a diff very difficult task uh, given to me one time, and it was writing a marketing brief. And I can't write marketing briefs. I've never been in marketing. I've always been like in sales and strategy and capacity planning. And it was very hard for me. So I kept putting it off. And then I sought out a mentor within the organization. And I had to say, I don't know how to do this and I need to learn. And that was my growth mindset moment mm -hmm. to say like, I'm at the director level and I cannot do this part of my job. And I know I need to, and I need to develop that skill set. And then I did it. I learned how to do it. And then I went back and I remember telling my boss, I'm like, I do not want to do those anymore. And now that I, and he was like, yeah, that's fine. He's like, but you needed to learn how to do it. You took the opportunity to learn, right? Um, and it's not for everyone.
We're going to refresh our cafecito. While we do that, visit our website, corpcafecito.com, for more information on how to contact Mario or me. One of the challenges most recently, too, that, that is telling a story, right? I'm mm -hmm. very data-driven, data-driven, and I know that data only tells half the story, but how do you, how do you tell the story of there's improvements, it's not where we're supposed to be at, but here's what we're doing. Yeah. That's a challenge itself in an art and really, really telling the narrative. I'm like, yeah, we're not where we're at, where we should be at, but here's what we're doing and here's how we're going to get there, right? Because I think that... When something's not where it's supposed to be at, we look at, there's a lot of negative that shows up, right? Yeah. And so what is the positive? What are the milestones that, that, that are happening? And then leveraging the baselines. All right, this is where we're at. And this is where we anticipate to be at in quarter one, quarter two. And that, that's been challenging because it's like, where do you start? How do you write a narrative on that based on very low performance on that aspect? So that's, that's a skill. That, that I continue to work on because there's always good in that, right? And the other thing that I've learned to do as well is journal and really recap quarterly. What are the wins? What are the, what, what, what are those milestones, right? Yeah. And what are the continued areas of opportunity that we have to look at and work at? And what are we doing differently in, in shifting and pivoting uh, to, to really improve in those areas? Uh, but yeah, one of the biggest, uh, mo most recent uh, challenges have, have been is, is, How do we tell a story when things are not going well, right? It's hard because we have to deliver the bad news. Yeah. And to me, it's, it's really key to bring awareness to it almost immediately. I, I'm a raise the red flag right away. I'm like, whoa, mm -hmm. guys, we need help over here. This happened. And, you know, uh, and to me, the way I always did it, I, I sent out this email on Friday when I knew my numbers on Monday were going to be really bad. And I would say, like, here's here's what you're going to see on Monday. Here's what to expect. Here's why it happened. And here's my plan to fix it. Just having that was so helpful. I remember my boss would tell me, like, he's like, I never have to worry about explaining your numbers because you always help me explain your numbers and you always tell me ahead of time. So I'm never caught off guard. Do I wish your numbers were better? Yes. But at least I'm not surprised. You know, when we talk about you know, talk about like boundaries. I never wanted anyone to feel like they were surprised or they were caught off guard. I, to me, part of my leadership style was making sure everybody knew everything at, you know, when they needed to, because I didn't want to get questioned and I didn't want to look unprepared. Mm -hmm. You know, how I did that was I would set time limits on my, uh, uh, like boundaries of time, of responsibility, like You know, I would get questions and I would say that is, you know, that's beyond my scope. I'm happy to research it, but that's not, that doesn't fall into play in what we're doing right now. I would also set the the boundary, like if someone asked me a question and I would say, here are the three initiatives we're trying to hit. Does this request address one of these three? And if it doesn't, I can't work on it. It cannot be one of my priorities. Or 
sometimes we get, you know, managers who ask us to do a ton of things. And how I set the boundary is I say, okay, here's my project list. Which one should I deprioritize to do that? I think that shows one, a lot of preparedness and thoughtfulness for your work because you want to make sure you're giving and allocating the right amount of time, the right amount of importance. And you're also saying, hey, I can't do all of these. I need to also go home. I got to make dinner for my kids. Like tonight they're having tostadas, you know, but it's like, I need to respect both aspects of my life. And how I do that is by saying, I can do that project, but one of the projects needs to be taken off my list or deprioritized. It's that balance, right? That balance that that has to be, uh, you have to strike in all areas of your life, not just work, right? We're talking about career itself, but again, going back to the top of the hour, it's like, you know, what are you saying yes to? What are you saying no to? And when saying no to, what are you making room for? Right. Right. Sometimes it's just your plain sanity of just being with yourself or just being at peace. A couple of things that I want to share with you that, that my mentor just shared that, that I think uh, will help us all is an emotional assessment. He does it every morning. It's like, what are you mad about? What did you, what did, what did you wake up mad about? What are you sad about? What are you anxious about? And what are you glad about? So again, what are you mad about, sad about, anxious about, and glad about? So what he, uh, he uses is he integrates this on a daily life because basically he, he, he's in touch with his emotions. And that's the biggest thing, right? Why are you grouchy? Why are you this? And sometimes we don't even know. Yeah. And now we're impacting those, those that we love the most, right? But if we, if we kind of start self-assessing, you're more in control of what's happening. You know, Mario, I'm going to challenge that um, a lot because I don't believe in asking myself those questions. Because I think if you start asking yourself, what am I mad about? What am I sad about? You're going to take your mind to that space of being angry or being sad. I was at a dinner... And one of the women said like, you know, for, uh, it was a networking dinner and she said, my family and I always say good news, bad news. She's like, why don't we go around the table and do good news, bad news for today? And I was like, I shared my good news and she was like, what's the bad news? And I'm like, I didn't have anything bad happen today. Someone else is like, didn't you say you had to get an oil change? I'm like, that's not bad. Like I have a car and it's, you know, so I think if we sit and look for the bad, sometimes we're going to find it. So I think it's two different approaches. I think both both are fair, but I I feel if you start looking for things, you might find it. Yeah, it's a balance, right? Because there mm-hmm. are going to days that you're going to be mad, right? And there's yeah. going to be days, hey, I had a great day. Nothing happened there. So it's a better perspective, but at least if something you're mad about, you yeah. acknowledge it. And maybe right? the check-in is like, how do I feel today? What do I feel? Yeah, yeah. And again, these are just... Suggestions. Suggestions, yeah. right? What you, you, you kind of, as, as my mentor says, you, you eat the fish and you throw out the bones, whatever works for you. Exactly. Aspect, so. 100%. Well, that concludes our emotional intelligence on boundaries. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to keep on this topic because there's so much to explore here when we think about ourselves and how we show up at work and that passion that we bring with us and how to make sure that we are representing ourselves, our culture, everyone who's behind us as we go into the workplace. So thank you so much for listening. Yo soy Nayeli Suarez-Gas. Y yo soy Mario Rodriguez. Hasta la próxima. Corporate Cafecito was produced in beautiful downtown Oak Park at Boulevard Studio. Audio engineer and editor is Mike Mitchell. We're available on every podcast platform. 